Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? I'm just ducky. Yeah. It's one of those days. I think it's very nice out there. Um, it's not as wonderful as it has been, but boy, are we lined up for some really good stuff next weekend. I know. Weather-wise, you mean? Yeah. Somebody said once before, we go from winter right into summer. Forget about spring. I know. And I like spring. It's I my love favorite it. season. The reason why is because it's the anticipation of the summer. And once you hit the summer, you think, okay, next is fall. Not that I like fall, but then you think then it's coming into winter. So that's why I always like that renewal time of spring when you see the little crocus and the and the tulips are rearing their beautiful heads. And I just love the, with all the new growth and the green come. It just feels like such good good vibe gives me a good feeling i agree with you and i love it when and it's getting lighter out in the morning it was like 5 30 this morning 20 after 5 and it was light i'm thinking patrick said the other day it stays longer lighter yeah longer lighter i love it love it i said what you know what i meant okay i love it (laughs) yeah but i was in philadelphia Monday of this week, and I was absolutely blown away by the fact that we barely have stuff coming out here. I mean, the, the, the buds are in my the trees. My is blooming in my yeah, yard. Yeah, and but. It, just starting. Yeah. Okay. Well, as soon as I got through the tunnel, everything it's was blown, in full, full bloom. bloom. I know. It was insane. Mm-hmm. But that particular day on Monday, it was such a gorgeous it's day. Beautiful. I met some of my friends from college. In King of Prussia, we went to a restaurant that I think was called True Nation or something like that. All good food. And we all sat outside. And it was just such a refreshing mm, thing I to love be it. able to sit outside. And I love to Yay. be outside and and eat. I, yes. I love it. It's perfect. So that was good. So yeah. I'm happy we're, where we are. And we I think we can probably, uh, maybe I should cross my fingers, say no more snow. Yeah, let's, I would hope uh, at this point. Also, the other thing that reminds me of spring is one of the most beautiful fundraisers that the Scranton Cultural Center has is their evening of fine food and wine. And it's always at the end of April on Sunday. And this year it's April 29th, which is tomorrow when you're listening. And um, that is always a good one. And the reason is because so many people love to be out. The, the, the days, it stays longer, lighter. So um, <laughs> the days are so long now you know and people are and it starts at 
530 and people are in a good mood because they want to be out. You have the whole day to do whatever the heck you want and then you go and you do this great event. So that's going to be the 18th, and believe it or not, 18th annual evening of fine food and wine is, is the 29th tomorrow. There might be a few tickets left, but it is they one thing that the, the honorary chair people this year were Elaine Shepard and John and Elizabeth Murray. And I have to say they have kicked major rear end on getting people there um as of today there were um, they're they're a little oversold out but that doesn't mean that some people might not sneak in um not sneak in you got to pay to get in but you know what i mean come yeah. in and they always accommodate so um but it's a great event great event and sponsored by the main sponsor the gold sponsor i don't even think it's called that anymore is uh, pnc bank and scranton rental who always does a wonderful job with them and Mohegan Sun. So uh, lots of good stuff. Do we, I brought, I was, uh, we were at PNC this morning, Miss Deb Peterson, who's the executive director of the Cultural Center. She was with me for a meeting prior to taping. So she said, I'll come with you for the ride. So she's sitting, Deb Peterson is in the house. So Deb, give a big yell. Hi. She's here. <laughs> She's here. But um, we're, we have a busy schedule because we have Miss Terry Hinton in for Fidelity Bank coming up next. And then we have Dr. Pluck, Plucknet in. So um, we have a short period of our conversation. What do you think, Lynn? I think it's good. People mm-hmm. are probably sick of listening to it. Because <laughs> last week it was all, uh, we had all three segments I to know. Our, ourselves. I know. So whatever. We yeah, get our it, was, it was it was good and then we um have to give a big shout out to Mansours because we were there last Saturday for um lunch and of mm-hmm. course delicious and packed how long did we wait we waited at least half an hour yeah and it yeah. was packed the food's delicious it's well worth the wait um they've been on Saturdays I mean they're always like that but this was super busy mm-hmm. so and our good friend Carolyn Baldy Catalano and Mike who own it we love them they do wonderful um work they help the community and the food is absolutely delicious so if you have not been to Mansour's which is on the corner of Ash and Prescott right across from um Karate's is on one side, um, on Ash, the Ash side, and it, it, it's wonderful. The food's delicious. Go see them. Um, they they have accommodations for people who have, who you know have dietary needs such as myself with the gluten free stuff, and and they try to work with that. The beautiful part of it is even all the pies and stuff that they will make that are gluten free that you don't think about. So um, different things they make, and well, they're happy have to accommodate. To give them a shout out for the. Chalk- yeah, that for sure. And their chocolate chip cookies. Oh, you love those. I know. They are excellent. Mm-hmm. They really are. Yep. And my, we have to do also a shout out to Fidelity Bank and thank <laughs> them they brought your cookies. for bringing their ticket to get into uh-huh. the show, which is the chocolate chip cookies. They are excellent. Because anyone well. could go into the branch of a Fidelity Branch and yes. get a free cookie or and a, get cup, a of cup of coffee, which always makes you feel good when you walk in. But Lynn makes it a requirement, Terry, when she says, <laughs> if you're coming, you do not. You cannot pass go without giving some cookies. So and Terry the, did what she the was preferred. Supposed to. One is the chocolate chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, yeah. see, I don't chocolate like, no. chip will be okay, mm-hmm. but chocolate chocolate chip is like the best of the best. No, and I like. also want you to know that I find excuses to have to go go into, into the, the bank. bank. That's it. Yeah, and you know, so they all look at me. And they go, "Oh, Lind, it's over there." Yeah, there you go. Thank you. She stops by. <laughs> she's meeting me, and she'll run in, and she goes, "Sorry, I was late. I stopped at Fidelity, not to do any banking together." a cookie just to get a cookie yeah well that's always that's the a beautiful thing about that because we were talking about that earlier the smell of things when you walk in if it reminds you of that good feeling you, you know food just makes you feel that way so 
Um, yeah, lots of stuff. But anyway. Any other people you want to do a shout out to? Mm-hmm. You know who I met? Who? Yesterday I spent a little time with Tom Carlucci. Tom is running for state rep mm-hmm. for in the my section of town, in the Dunmore section. He's the Hill, Southside, Dunmore, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure where state else. State rep? State rep, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Kevin Haggerty's seat that he's not running for. So mm-hmm. I met his uh, uncle Lenny is a friend of mine, and he asked me if I would meet him. And I have to say, he's a fine young guy. Good. Sat with him. Deb let me use the hood room for a little meeting, which is what I was doing yesterday. And uh, very impressed. Very, very smart. Seems very capable. Um, good experience. And uh, just a true gentleman. Sent the text this morning thanking me, which is, of course, very proper. 32. Young guy. Yay. Mm-hmm. I, w- I love it when young people get yes. involved in politics. Yes. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I was looking at him, I said, Tom, you got to have some Irish in you. And he said, I do. My mother's half, my mother's part Irish. And then Lenny's saying, look over here. Hello, I'm half Irish. So his dad is also <laughs> half Irish. And so even though he has that dark Italian look about him, he definitely has the the Irish twinkle going on. He's a very nice young man. So anyway. Well, I have to do a little shout out uh, last Friday night patrick dinapoli and i went to a place it was called john pierre's it's in oliphant i think never heard of it and um we had a wonderful time really really enjoyed the food and i'm going to add that it was fresh brewed okay so yay they get points for that but uh the other thing i think they we had a chat with the uh the owner and he said he wanted people to know that he does catering and he's been doing catering now for things like on-site um, picnics and on-site weddings and doing all that kind of stuff and he said it's just really growing by leaps and bounds so he wanted people to know John Pierre's in is it Archibald there or Oliphant yeah um, is into the catering business so um, go check it out he likes people to come in and taste the things that he has on the menu and the food was really really good mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it yeah I don't know anything about it. never even heard of it well, you might have to go. Mm, maybe. Well, just so we know that, too, on the, those lines, Mansoor is also caters, which people don't always know. Yeah. They did my mom's party in Cadnoren, yeah. shout out, last year when she was 80, and they did the catering, and it was fabulous. So I like that people do that when they take stuff off site. Me too. And they'll do it because you get used to certain food and then you wanted them to do it somewhere else. So it's always good. So what else? Well, you know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks uh, with people about these what we call gray divorce. And it occurred to me that, you know, it's not just the process of divorce that we want to talk about, but so many people remarry. And, and there are special financial issues that people need to keep in mind when they get into that second marriage. And one of the big ones, and I was thinking about this this morning, is the Social Security piece. Because many times um, people in their 60s, maybe 70s, have been widowed as opposed to divorced. And so they're looking at a second marriage. And I know some couples that purposely did not Marry. marry because they would lose the social security benefits mm-hmm. that they had from their former spouse. 
So it seems crude to say it, but, you know, living in sin for a lot of people so makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, wouldn't it, but do you often, does anyone ever really look at the difference between what you would lose in your Social Security benefit because you'd be collecting on your husbands if they made more money versus what you're losing when the, when the partner would die and leave something to you and the inheritance tax ramifications? Yes. And that's, yeah. that's why I'm saying that is part of the planning that a couple needs to do before they decide marry or not marry. Okay. So they really need to just crunch the numbers and see what it looks like. Because a lot of people will find that maybe they're in a better financial situation for the long run by getting married rather yeah, because, than just holding on to that one thing that they think is sacred. Right. And I I would assume, I'm taking a leap here, that they people are looking at the, the immediacy of the cash and not hoping or thinking, obviously not hoping at all, that this your significant other is going to pass and you'll get his wealth or her wealth. Well, you right? would. But on the other hand, the thing that people have to look at, too, is that there's so much um, cost involved with medical issues today. And as you age, the problem of you using money using money for that purpose is very high so what may be there today may not be be there 10 years from now right so that's something that people have to look at but i i think it's interesting that we're actually having this kind of a conversation because most people in in generations ago you 50 plus years you just coasted regardless of what the situation was like Mm -hmm. you just didn't think about the possibility of getting a divorce at that time in your life yeah. But given that you do decide to remarry, there are just a couple things that you want to talk about. And the first one is what we said, sit down with your spouse or future spouse and talk about finances. Um, these, this includes assets and liabilities, financial goals and financial challenges. Number two, make sure your estate plan is up to date. This is where I see so much pain and aggravation because people forget to change their wills Mm -hmm. and their beneficiary designations and all of that stuff from their previous relationship or marriage and then they get um, a new spouse and they have forgotten to change them and they find that the children are getting the money that they intended for their spouse and blah 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 so that's really really important and third is to update the will just because for some reason people take it to a certain point and then they forget They might have grandchildren. They might have a child that has passed away. They might have children that are divorced. They they include everybody in that big pocket. It's not a good thing. And then consider a prenup or what's called a postnup. These are very hard to, um, I don't want to say legislate. There's another word in there, but I can't think of what it is. To um, fulfill, let's just put it that way. Because... Prenuptials, in a lot of cases, people feel that they are being forced into something that they may not really want to do. And after they get married, they find out that there were things they didn't know, things that they could say that was under coercion. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand that. And they very often blow them apart. Postnups are a little bit different because that has to do with the properties you now hold jointly. Those are a little easier to manage and and to get to the point where you say, I see this, it's very clear. This is a jointly held property, this is this, whatever it is. But it's having a post-nup is a little easier than a prenup. And then the last thing is to review all your documentation. Um, you may need to update estate plans, beneficiary designations, and most importantly, emergency contacts. 
I still have Patrick listed as an emergency contract and contact in a lot of things. We know that that may not always be the smartest thing to do, yeah. but it, you have to think about that. And you ha it's an evolving thing that you can't just, it's not once and done. Mm -hmm. So all these kinds of things really need to be looked at. And of course, obviously getting remarried later in life will affect your social security. Um, you have to look at what does that mean to you? How do you work that out? And, and who comes out with the better end of the deal? Mm-hmm. So pay attention. Yes. So we're going to take a fast break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. We'll be right back with attorney Terry Hinton from Fidelity Bank. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is uh, a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and a bunch of other places. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we have a guest this morning. Yes, we do. Guest expert. You just mentioned her name. Uh -huh. Attorney Terry Hinton, who is a vice president and trust officer at Fidelity Bank. Welcome, Terry. Well, Hi, thank Tam. you. Glad yeah. to be here. So what can we talk about this morning? What do trust officers do? Oh, trust officers. Most people think you got to have like millions of dollars to have a trust and a trust officer. We know that's not true. That is not true. So tell us. That is not true. Trusts are, are a good way um, to, to plan for the future. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Obviously, the larger, larger amounts of money you have, it's probably a better idea from a tax perspective um, to, to have a trust in, in, in place. Um, but there are, there are trusts that you can set up during your lifetime, which um, can help you manage your affairs. A, a bank trust department can help manage your financial affairs during your lifetime, depending upon how involved you want to be. So it's not just, uh, not just large amounts of money. Um, and then what is it that you can offer as a trust officer, as opposed to an attorney, but as a trust officer, what are the services that the bank has to offer people who are living? Who are living. Yes. So um, we offer in our trust department, we have investment management services. So you mm -hmm. can just open an, an investment account and we'll, we'll invest your funds for you however you want them depending upon your risk tolerance and your needs, your liquidity needs, what, what type of income you need. Um, so we offer that. Um, we also offer trustee services for what's called an inter vivos trust or a, or a revocable living trust, which is, um, which is a document that kind of pulls together a durable power of attorney and a will in one document that goes into effect during your lifetime. So you can kind of see how that works. You pick somebody to manage your affairs while you're living. We offer bill paying services. So if you have snowbirds, for example, mm -hmm. you're headed, headed south for the, for the winter, mm -hmm. um, you can have all of your bills sent to the bank we'll take care of them for you. And you know, that's funny because I was just thinking about that and yeah. forgetting that part coming, having been in Florida and these people who were down there and I'm thinking, get my bills paid before, cause we were gone for almost two weeks and not right. that that's long in this case. But I thought, you know, what are these people? I wonder how they do that. Do they get the mail sent there? Do they, so that's a, that's a really it good. It is nice. And it, it's, it's sometimes even when you try and have your mail forwarded, there's a lag. Exactly. So then you miss due dates. Whereas uh -huh. if you just change the address to the bank, have an account
account at the bank. We'll take care of it for you. It's great. So can you open and close that stuff, or do you do it in a continuum? In a continuum. Okay. So it makes sense to do it so that somebody's handling it all the time. Mm -hmm. And and on time. Yeah. On time, yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely... On time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So I know you Before and I, we went on air about something that I think is really important. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand what it is. That's a special needs trust. Right. Tell our listeners what well, that is need, and A why. special needs trust is a, is a trust that's set up um, for an individual, the beneficiary, who is receiving some sort of public benefit, whether it's supplemental security income or medical benefits, some other type of public benefit that he or she's entitled to and, and needs. Um, when you have those types of public benefits, you also can't have uh, a separate pile of money sitting over here saying, well, this is I'm going to have this over here, but I'm going to have the public benefits too. So you have a special needs trust which is set up and it's a vehicle to um, allow for funds to be used for supplemental needs, things that are not covered by public benefits. Um, And you have to have that separated. There are specific rules that apply to that, what those funds can be used for, what they cannot be used for. To give, uh, if it's a, a, what's called a first party funded special needs trust, where you, the the proceeds in the trust are from the, uh, uh, maybe a lawsuit that that gave rise to the injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's a a child who was injured at birth. Those funds can go into a special needs trust. and you have to you have to give. Uh, there's a payback provision for a first party special needs trust um, that you have to pay back upon termination of the trust. But we can use those things for things that are not covered by um, Medicaid. We can use them for additional services, for you know rehabilitation services. Not everything is covered by insurance every day, and it can be very expensive, out of pocket expenses, even for um, care caregiving. Maybe a parent has to go to work, you have to have somebody come in and, and stay with your child during the day. Special needs trust can be used to help pay for those types of services. What about for an adult? Same what, thing. What kind, of, what kind of expenses can you pay for from the special needs trust? Well, a special needs trust uh, cannot be set up for somebody who's over the age of 65. So it has to be somebody that's younger than that, uh, provided that the trust is set up, set up prior to that age, it can be used for the same types of things. You cannot use them for um, for food. You cannot use it for shelter. Um, so you can't pay rent from it, from a mm-hmm. first party special needs trust. Um, a third party funded special needs trust is generally where you may have a grandparent or a parent with their own money set up a special needs trust for, for somebody who, for a child, a grandchild who's receiving public benefits. The rules are a little um, less stringent with those types of trusts. Um, but it's the same kind of, uh, same rules pretty much apply. Um, uh, you need to um, to maintain, you, you can't use the proceeds of special needs trust to pay for rent, for example, but then it, then it's a, it, it's a drawdown on the su- supplemental security income. So you kind of lose some of those benefits, but you need to make sure that you have at least $1 of supplemental security income and it will ensure that you still get your medical benefits. So we watch those very carefully. We, we make sure at, at, at Fidelity Bank that we know the rules that apply to special needs trusts and, and that we're approving expenditures um, based upon the, the, the regulations that apply to them. So you said before something about a payback at some point in time. Yes. So let's say you have an adult who, I'm just going to say this hypothetically. Okay. You have an adult who had a serious car accident and is now permanently disabled. And they qualify for Social Security disability and Medicaid and all the other things that go along with that. 
But let's say that um, the parent of that person decided to put a lump sum of money into a special needs trust. Right. So, so let's just say that that gets depleted over a period of time because you're paying these other expenses like rehab, caregiving, right. those right. kinds of things. If that's brought down to nothing, then there is nothing that has to be paid back, correct. Correct? correct? But if that person, the person who's the beneficiary of all this, dies while there is some money left in that trust, right. then what happens? Well, if it is a third-party funded special needs trust, there is no payback provision. Okay. If it is a first-party funded special needs, and the distinction there is, was the money that went into the trust the property of the beneficiary from the beginning? Mm -hmm. So if it was the proceeds of a lawsuit mm -hmm. where that money would actually belong to the injured party, then there will be a payback provision. If it's a third-party funded special needs trust where you have a, a well-intended, you know, an aunt, an uncle, a parent who puts money in a special needs trust, there's no payback provision for that. Okay. So the terms of the trust itself would dictate where the money goes at the, at the completion. So it can go to, you know, brothers, sisters, family, friend, however you, charity, mm -hmm. a lot of times you have that too. However it's set up. Correct. Whatever the terms of the trust provide when, when they sat down and, and the attorney and the, and the client, they wrote the, the trust. And how about a living trust? Why would someone set something up like that while they're alive? A living trust is also known as an intervivus trust or a revocable living trust. Those are set up for people who, who kind of want to see how that's going to work. And maybe, it, maybe it's an individual who doesn't have family or friends to rely on when, when they pass away. So they want to say, hey, I, you know, I need some help now. I'm going to set this up. I'm going to have Fidelity Bank act as my as my trustee, um, and I'm going to use these funds however however I want to. There's there really is no restriction on them. Um, so we can act during periods of incapacity. Say somebody goes in the hospital or has an accident. They have you know can't make decisions on their own for periods of lucidity, ability to make decisions. Bills will continue to be paid. Your affairs will continue will continue to be managed during those periods of time. And when you're ready to step back in and say, hey, I'm going to start writing my own bills again. Now I'll take care of it. We'll, we'll keep going with it. That also takes the place of a will, too. So a revocable living trust or a living trust, you can uh, uh, it, it works for you during your lifetime. And then just like a will at, at your passing kicks in and your, and your estate is passed the way that you tell us that you want it done, under the will, and do you act the as the executive, as the in the in an executive yes, role? The bank, then the okay. bank acts as trustee, and the bank. Well, in that case, it would just be a trustee. There wouldn't be an executorship, right. but um, yeah, right. But the bank, oh, we also person. do yeah. trusteeships too. We, we so you call it a trust? It's a trustee, trustee then. Trustee yeah. under a trust. Okay. Yeah, executive. But in the same type of role as an executor or an executrix. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We also act as executor too. We have a lot of a uh, lot of customers who either have family who. Um, have no desire to act as an executor or don't have the skill or they're scattered they're in a mm -hmm. different state um and the you know the person writing the will is here they'll have the bank act as executor and we will marshal the assets we have you know we're there all the time it's continuous professional money management services so you do not need to go to an attorney to do something like that coming to the your bank and helping you is you're you're available to do the same stuff we are available to do that you will have to have somebody write your will no no yeah, yeah no but, i know that no part, we will administer administer we'll, we'll down it. and get sworn in just like an individual will mm -hmm. um things will be put in the paper just like normal and and we'll, we'll act in that capacity um, sell property, distribute yeah, assets. That's, um, yeah. That's good to know because there are so many people who 
don't know anybody and end up in a, an executor role as a lawyer who didn't even know right. the individual and they end up in that position and I mean, I could mention, but I won't. So um, we also that's a good as, thing we'll to know. Under, uh, we, we also, for people like that that name us as executor, a lot of times um, they'll also name the bank as an uh, agent under a power of attorney. So okay, yeah. prefer not to make health care decisions, mm -hmm. but we will make all the financial decisions, those types of decisions as well. Well, Terry, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. Um, we're at Fidelity Bank. I'm in the trust department on the corner of Drinker and North Blakely Street, 101 North Blakely Street. I'm on the second floor. Uh, my telephone number is 570-504-2260. Or call the office and they can be, uh, they can buzz Terry. But again, these are wonderful things that not everybody thinks about and their services that are provided by the bank. And that's very important for people to know. So Terry, really thank is. you. Oh, thanks thanks for being here today. And we will be next up with our second guest expert, expert Dr. Barbara Plucknett. We'll be right back. I'm going to sneak out a little early. So we'll see you uh, next week. And stay tuned. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. We'll be right back. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. And Miss um, Cadden is not with us at the moment. She may join us in a few minutes. But we're here with our second guest expert today, Dr. Barbara Plucknett, who is the owner of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton. And welcome, Dr. Plucknett. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. What are we going to talk about today? So I have a new project for everyone. Um, the new project is something called the Fasting Mimicry Diet. Wow. Now, I, I, we've talked about different diets. We've talked about different lifestyles. We've talked about different choices because, you know, I, I tell you, one of the things I hear most of my day is I have, you know, I've gained weight. I can't lose weight. I have stubborn weight or I'm, I'm just simply overweight and it's been recommended that I lose weight. I think weight loss is one of the most difficult topics to try to help people with um you know there's I just agree. not the problem is we're not all the same so it's not one simple solution for all people everybody's got a little bit of a variation going on and so i'm always trying to figure out well what's the best way to help people manage their weight and their health conditions and things without you know passing out those pills because i am not one of those physicians that hands out medication for appetite suppressants and things of that sort. Um, I just, I simply don't think that that's the avenue I wish to go down. I'm sure there's a place for it in certain populations. It's just not for me to do. And so um, there was a lot of information. Um, this is not brand new, but it's, I think it's been coming into more of the forefront on fasting mimicry dieting. Um, and so it's not, its name um, describes it well. It mimics fasting, but isn't completely that. And so the plan is that, um, you know, instead of completely cutting out food, which people do with water fasting diets, um, this particular plan um, restricts your calories for a period of five days out of a 30-day period. And so for those five days, you then have um, much lower calories, um, first day a little bit higher, and then the last four days a little bit less. Um, and you would do this five days a month for three months, or um, that would be how you would do it to lose weight. Or what you would do is do five days a month every couple of months 
if you're simply trying to maintain health and longevity. Uh, because as I get, I'll get to with this plan, they actually think that this will help with increasing longevity, so hence the anti-aging nature of this diet. And so what they say with this diet, um, and I'll get into the content of what's in it, um, but what they say with the diet is that when your body starves itself, um, the body goes into standby. And so those stem cells, we've talked about stem cells before, those starter stem cells can turn into anything. So your stem cells um, come into action and they start regenerating the cells that are starting to die off. Um, they start their cells and organs, um, and they, they create new cells, brand new, shiny, spanking new cells. And so what you're doing is you're killing off all the bad cells in starvation, and then your stem cells regenerate new ones that are now much more functional. So the idea is that you're going to, the benefits of doing this is, of course, weight loss, um, but it also helps with cardiovascular disease um, and, as we'll talk about, also inflammation, diabetes, high blood pressure. Most people will approach it initially as a weight loss um, prospect, um, but if you're looking at health and wellness, um, you're going to see all the other benefits as well. And so there are, there is now a, a company um, called El Nutra, um, and this uh, scientist um, has been, you know, this uh, gentleman has been studying this for quite some time, um, Walter Longo, um, and he works out of California, and he now has the Longevity Institute at the University of Southern California, so he's published his data, um, and he actually researched longevity in those areas uh, that are referred to as the blue zones, those areas in which people seem to be able to live longer, healthier, and have, um, you know, better, um, better quality of life. What is so it called, place? The blue zones. There's blue. different places in the world that are considered the blue zones, um, B-L-U-E. Um, yeah. And it's not a sad zone, it's a happy zone. Um, <laughs> so what, they, um, what they've decided is that the diet is actually more um, plant-based. Um, and so it's lower in protein, which, you know, is not my usual speech. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I usually talk about keeping a lot of protein and less carbs. Um, but this particular diet um, is about lowering the protein, um, in increasing the fat. Um, and so, you know, for instance, the, um, the first day of the diet has 1,100 calories and 35% is carbs, 10% um, is protein, so very low protein, and 56% is fat. The other two to five days um, have 800 calories with similar ratios, 47% carbs, 9% protein, and 44% fat. And so it is thought that the high-protein um, diet is actually bad for you when you're younger, and maybe it's okay for you when you're older, for instance, over 70, when you start needing protein to maintain muscle. But they think that when you're younger, the protein um, actually may be accelerating your aging process because it takes inflammatory chemical pathways in your body. And so there's a particular company that El Nutra has made a five-day meal program, um, and it, it consists of particular things. So it's mostly plant-based soups and bars um, and fluids that you drink and different teas that you'll drink. Um, the idea is that they don't want you to be completely starving, um, but it, it will take, it will reduce your body into thinking it's, it mimics a fasting state. And so, you know, this, this comes as a kit. It's a five-day kit, and you would do it, however, with whatever frequency you felt necessary. 
they've studied it and they found that it actually will help you maintain good levels of blood sugar, your blood glucose. It reduces your total cholesterol and your bad cholesterol. It does reduce blood pressure. It helps reduce inflammation. So we, we usually do a test called a C-reactive protein, a CRP. Um, and the other thing that it helps with is insulin-like growth factor, um, which it helps to improve upon that. The other thing that it's been shown to help with is cognitive health. So your brain, it helps to regenerate the neurons in your brain. And when they've studied particular markers for aging, they've seen a decrease um, when this uh, particular diet plan has been followed. So while I'm, you know, I, I don't like to use the diet word, um, I think that the idea behind fasting mimicry as a way to improve your health is of great benefit. And again, as I said, there's a lot of people out there that actually could use it for the weight loss strategy because they're really, they're really struggling from it. Um, you know, they've, they've tried everything. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people come in and they, they sound to me like they're, they're right on the mark. They're, they're using proper dieting techniques. They have good food habits. They're exercising. They're doing all the right things. But in the end, they're not, they're not losing a pound. So I understand why they're frustrated. Um, and, you know, and then I start to run out of suggestions because they really are following the guidelines. Well, have I think you had this, any patients who've tried this? No, this is new to me. Um, I, I was oh, okay. at a conference recently where they presented this information um, and actually had very you know, had some great case studies of people that, that were there utilizing it. And so, of course, I've dug in deeper for it um, mm -hmm. as I'm going to bring it into my practice. Um, I've now registered with the company to be able to provide the kits because it really is it's a scripted program. It's not something that I can just tell you to go out and shop for these particular things. Um, you know, the only thing that they said is because the nuts are a significant part of this um, diet that it, it's not appropriate for people that have nut allergies. Um, unfortunately, oh. that's, not a, that's not an option for you. Um, but, but it has, you know, good science behind it. Um, you know, from a science standpoint, it's got good uh, anti-inflammatory pathways. I can, you know, I know what's in these pathways and I know what's happening with them. The uh, plan is actually gluten and dairy free. Um, so wow. I, I'm actually going to try it and see, you know, is it difficult? Is it not difficult? As with any caloric restricted plan, you, you have to understand that initially you, your, your energy may not be as strong. You may be a little tired. Um, you may, uh, they don't recommend exercising during the five days. Um, they want to make sure that, um, you know, you're not operating heavy machinery and driving long trips in the car. Um, they don't want you in jacuzzis or hot tubs and they do want to make sure that you are drinking plenty of fluids to stay hydrated. So all the things that normally would have been counseled to you had you been in a, a low-calorie diet plan. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, this is probably um, a good thing to add. I, I'm going to look at it from a longevity standpoint. You know, I certainly want to have all those benefits from nerve cell regeneration. I want a good, strong brain. I want to have a good, healthy heart. I don't want any inflammation in my system. Um, they've even started to look at whether the help with a decrease in inflammation will help patients with multiple sclerosis. So wow. a lot of benefits from eating healthier and, you know, that's what we're all about is trying to figure out how to get so that we can stay healthy, not need a lot of medications and live a good quality life. Well, so I, I have thought this tons was of questions. Yes. Tons of questions. Okay. I want to raise my hand. Okay. <laughs> you say five days a month. Do you pick what five days a month or is it important that it be five consecutive days? 
It is five consecutive days, um, but it, you can do it any time. So, but it is five consecutive days. There have been other diets that have altered, you know, two and five and done things of that sort for the week. Um, this is not one of those. Um, this is a, a scripted plan. You've got to commit to five days, stick to the five days, which is why it's a packaged program because it's, it tells you exactly what you need to eat and when. And then what do you do with the other 25 days of the week of the month? You try to behave. You try to eat reasonably. So all those things that we always talk about, um, you know, maybe not so much protein. Maybe, you know, we need to be more plant-based in general. And I, I truly believe that. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. harder to be plant-based. I think it requires more work. I find it difficult. Um, in meal prep time, you know, protein's always easy. Um, vegetables require work. You know, not everybody likes vegetables. And you have to do something with the vegetable. You just can't put a vegetable on the plate in some cases. So it does take more work. But I think that, you know, going down the plant-based pathway um, has a lot of merit as well. And mm -hmm. I think that there's, you know, that's what you need to look forward to. You know, cutting back caffeine, cutting back alcohol, cutting back sugar, cutting back those things that you, you know, always process food. You know, my rule, if you flip the package over and you can't pronounce the words, put the package back <laughs> down. You know, yeah. if you... If you you can't if you can't say all the chemicals on the back of your right. Food, you shouldn't be eating them either. Um, so I think that you know trying to be reasonable, understanding that we all have weak moments and we all want a little chocolate or we all want a little whatever it is our cravings lead us to. That's okay yeah. every once in a mm -hmm. while, um, but we need to try to behave the rest of the time. Okay, and then you said that the uh, fundamental. Uh, component of this is to reduce the protein but you i heard about a lot of fat now is this monounsaturated fat, fat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, okay. the fats, you know, when I spoke about the nuts and things of that sort, yeah. Um, so that's where that's coming in. Um, there's a lot of nut-based things. Um, there's, you know, minestrone and quinoa. There's mushroom soup, tomato soup, vegetable soup. Um, you know, there's all the different things that are all um, vegetable-related. Um, and, you know, olives, a lot of olive fats. Um, so yeah. you know, that's where people might not be as, you know, readily wanting of these things. They've got, you know, a lot of bars that are not based. They've got some great teas. Um, hmm. But that's, it's the healthy uh, fats that you want to get. And then I put some notes down here about 1,100 calories versus 800 calories. So Correct. Did I write something? So what does that mean? 1,100 um, calories is on the is five days? Needed to be. Um, no, the first day is 1,100, and then it goes down the next four days to 800. So the okay. first day is a little bit more caloric intake, and then the last four are a little less. And so if you did this uh, once a month for, let's say, four or five months, um, how much weight could you expect to lose? Yeah, so they had a gal on, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, a reasonable amount of weight. She was on this um, program. She was trying to lose weight for a wedding, which, you know, you usually have an, uh, yeah. something that you're trying to lose it for. And uh, in her cycle, she had lost eight pounds, um, you know, in the first month eating reasonably. And he thought that by, you know, that, and then, of course, it'll slow down after that. Um, he thought if she had kept up her routine for the next two months, she'd probably lose another total of eight pounds um, in general. But it, it's only recommended to do three months and then off for a period okay. of months. Um, if you were going All to right. do it intermittently, you would do it now and then maybe three or four months from now and then another three or four months after that. So weight loss okay. is consecutive months. From a longevity standpoint, it's intermittent months.
Okay, well, we're out of time, as unfortunately we often are. So, yes, tell everybody how they can reach you. So, my office is located in Scranton across from Reed Hospital. Uh, the phone number is 570-344-9997. And certainly you can find us on the web at drbarbaraplucknett.com. And that's P-L-U-C-K-N-E-T-T. Okay, and thank you very much, Dr. Plucknett. Thank you to... Fidelity Bank, and uh, we're going to call it a day here. So as Laurie would say, be careful and be safe and be nice. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.